Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Kind of rainy. Rainy a lot of parts of our listening audience, but um, we're going to be talking about gardening anyway. Hey, y'all, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you've tuned into the Gestalt Gardener. It's one of many locally produced programs by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. we got it all here, folks. All local stuff. That's what we're going to talk about. It's a live program today. We're going to take phone calls. I've got possibly one of the cheesiest tunes that I ever had to learn as a kid, and it's all about patriotism. You can't wait to hear this, believe me. But for the next hour or so, I'm going to be sharing a few events that are coming up, some things I'm going to be uh, at, including one this afternoon in Clarksville at the Blues Festival, um, and some some emails. But mostly it's a live calling program. So sit back. We're going to do some quick news and come back with your live phone calls about what's going on or not in your garden. Hey, let's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Deep breath. We're going to be talking about gardening a mile a minute for the next hour or so. That's all we can do today. It's too, it's not raining. It's too wet to dig and a little bit cold out there. And to tell you the truth, I'm glad I'm not some of your tomato plants. A lot of you set stuff out a long time ago and uh, felt good that day. Sun was out and dirt wasn't too bad. So you set it out there. But this cold, wet rain we have is rough on a lot of heat-loving things, roots of tomatoes and peppers, okra, beans, things like that. Corn will grow fine. Potatoes grow fine. But things like sweet potatoes and okra and tomatoes and all those things, they like warm dirt, and the dirt is cold and wet. So anyway, if you haven't planted yet, it's okay. We've always said traditionally here in the South we plant on Good Friday. Um, And that's, what, next week? We still got a little bit of time. And we have a long time to plant. We have such a long season here in the Deep South, uh, whether you're on the coast or up around the Memphis area, over to Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, wherever, we have a long, long season. Enough to plant two totally complete, start-to-finish, back-to-back summer gardens. You can plant summer stuff up until the first week or so in August, and I still get a harvest before frost. So not a rush. Get your plants. Garden centers are loaded with stuff, and I've been to, to several, and they've got a lot of good plants. Get them. Keep them in their pots. They'll stay nice and warm on your porch or your patio or out on the driveway. And uh, let's wait till the till, till the dirt warms up. It's good advice because it's too wet to do anything this week anyway. But garden center people are sitting there. They're they're staffed up. They're planted up. They're ready for you to come in and get your stuff. So uh, go ahead and encourage you to do that. And we've got all sorts of stuff to talk about, uh, events that are going on, uh, uh, plants that are starting to bloom, cheesy ideas, really, really truly awful song uh, that 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 I've learned, known all my life and uh it's an earworm so I got to warn you or somewhere around oh, 9:30 or so if you don't want to get an earworm just stick with you the rest of the day just you know go wash some dishes or something and come back so anyway here at MPB we try to get people to think about stuff and uh, cheesy music is a way to get people to stop thinking so much about horticulture and let's let's relax a little bit there's a honeysuckle is blooming. I picked some honeysuckle on my walk in today. It smells so sweet. Uh, it's just an, an incredible plant. It's native. I mean, excuse me. It's not native. It's invasive. It spreads. A lot of people don't like it because of that. But you know, oak trees spread too, and they're native. Poison ivy spreads is native. Uh, but this is a plant that is 
truly magical uh, when you when you smell it. Get that little piece of raw nectar on the tip of your tongue when you when you pull it out through the the tube. Wonderful plant. Also, uh, the native cross vine is blooming. Uh, it looks like uh, flowers big enough to stick your thumb in. They're sort of uh, rusty reddish and kind of. Uh, a faded orangey looking color, terrific native plant. I've got it all over an arbor out in front of my yard. Uh, and there's some other things going on. I did get quite a few people who who uh, who uh, wrote in about the first magnolia last week. I said, "What are some of the who who can see the first magnolias?" And uh, Patty O'Neill uh, sent one. She uh, found one in in uh, North Van Cleve. That was blooming. Uh, let me see. where. What else we got? Patty, only here we go. She found uh, some buds, but there's one that was fully open. I also got an email from uh, William uh, Portals. He said that he saw one. Didn't send a picture, but he saw one in Gautier. So the magnolia trees, our state flower, the wonderful magnolia grandiflora, grandiflora, grand flower, is, uh, is starting to bloom. It's going to be heading north. Um, I have spent a lot of time around the the state this past week. Um, I did, did a couple of talks over in in uh, in Birmingham to their state council of garden clubs, all their garden clubs, folks. I, I did that, but just in this past week alone, just this week, I've given talks in Meridian. Uh, at the uh, at Max, we had a wonderful plant swap. A lot of people showed up. We just had a good time at Max. I uh, drove up to New Albany uh, for their meeting. Big big crowd. Uh, nice festival there. Their their flower fest in New Albany. Um, give a talk, a luncheon talk in Winona. A lot of people. It's a regular event and just a huge crowd. Real food. I took a picture of some of the classic Southern um, uh, uh, buffet. Foods when people bring these buffets, like to church or to funerals or whatever, and uh, one of my favorites, I got a close up of some really clean, pure, uh, not lumpy red homemade tomato aspic, and you you're only going to find tomato aspic at a, at a at at one of these kind of events. Terrific stuff, good food. I uh, went to Hattiesburg, talked to folks down there, and up in Oxford and Starkville. I've been to uh, uh, those three big colleges, uh, universities this week. Uh, Walnut Grove Library. We had a nice little plant swap. It was fun for real people, real people. And uh, going up this afternoon to uh, on, uh, to Clarksdale. And I know it's raining this morning. It's supposed to rain pretty heavy tonight, maybe over the weekend. But middle of the day, it's supposed to be really pretty up in the Delta. So if you're interested in it, they have this thing called the uh, the Juke Joint Festival. It's a big, big deal, Juke Joint Festival. I've seen posters of it from Clarksdale, Mississippi, in pubs in rural England. That's how well it's known. But I'm going to be driving my truck up there. There's a place downtown, the Main Street downtown, uh, at the at the, the west end of it. There's a uh, the library right across. There's an old place that's sold plants for a long time. It used to be called Miss D's. I think it still says Miss D's on the uh, D-E-E-S, on the, the, the side of the building. But uh, it's run now by a group of folks called the Collective Seed Supply. The Collective Seed Supply. they got a cool little hotel called Traveler Hotel there, too. But Collective Seed Supply is having me up there right across from the library. I'm going to be in my truck. I've got all sorts of stuff there. I'm actually going to be replacing some plants while I'm there because the, the Collective have got some things. And one of my oregano's in the back of my truck has gotten way too big. It's an uh, invasive kind. So I'm going to be thinning my oregano out and setting out some summer stuff like basil and peppers and things like that in the back of my truck. It's free. 
It's wide open. It's going to be a pretty good day. So if you're over anywhere near Clarksdale, starting about 2 o'clock to 3 or so, I'm going to be out there by my truck and, and standing up and holding forth about stuff you could be doing or talking about this year. If you got some stuff to bring to show me, uh, ask questions about, do that too. Uh, in my garden right now, and by the way, let me remind folks, this is a call-in program. If you want to give us a call, we've got the lines wide open. Uh, Kevin Farrell's in there, Java Chapman, they're in there yakking about stuff. And I put them to work. Give us a call, toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, that's that's is all, all we can do. Just ch- chat about stuff. I won't sell you anything. Uh, I won't be a know-it-all. Uh, I know some stuff, some stuff I wish I didn't know, and I'm willing to learn some stuff. Uh, oh, speaking of which, and Java meant to tell you this. We were at the uh, the meet and greet, uh, the MPB meet and greet in Oxford this past week, right? And this guy named Jerry came up and eyeballed me. He's big as I am. Is that the same Jerry? Yeah, the same wow. Jerry who called me out here about just answer the question about my gosh darn fig and leave the carpenter to me. Turned out to be a great guy. We, he had a flowery shirt on. He's a retired submariner. He lived in he, uh, he worked on nuclear energy in a submarine under the water for 20 years. And he's just a laid back guy. We had the best time, but you know, he's a guy who called me out correctly on the radio for being rude to him and I'm I apologize for that, but we gave big old hugs, had a glass of wine, and great friends now. Uh, by the way, in my yard right now, I've got two pass-along plants that are just, they're, they're like pokes in the eye. Uh, last year, I came across some old red amaryllis, kind of amaryllis that that, that, uh, that lives for decades, big, big red flowers with white stripes on them, and uh, they're in full bloom right now, and right beside them are some of those magenta gladiolus. You know, they're not... They're not red. They're not purple. They're they're just poking the eye. And these two plants side by side are just just wow. Luckily, I've got a little statue right beside it to keep them from fighting it out. I also have uh, some of the latest blooming daffodils, the very latest blooming daffodil that's hardy. Now, you can plant. It'll literally be there 50, 60, 80 years or more later, spreading, multiplying, blooming. It's white with a little tiny, small yellow cup. Two flowers per stem, and uh, most people call it two sisters because it's got those two uh, perfect little flowers with the white, white flowers. My great-grandmother called it May. That's what country folks call it because that's when it blooms, April and May. But anyway, old-fashioned uh, tw- two sisters or May daffodil, red amaryllis, bungenic gladiolus, life is good. Now, let's start out. I got a job. I left my, I left my glasses in my, you know, I, I walked in. just have sunglasses on there, bifocus. Let me see. It I'll take lo- care of you. Looks like we have Kathy for Rankin County. Is that right? Okay. Hey, Kathy, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have some new young pine trees coming up on my property. Mm-hmm. They have this horrible growth on them, kind of like a, a big old round. Is it rusty? Oblong. Is it rusty colored? Uh, yellow. Yeah. Really bright, bright yellow. Yeah. And it's only on the smaller ones. Yeah. Do I need to take those out to prevent it from spreading? Do I need do I need to ignore it? What well, must I do? Uh, ignoring is going to be one of your best options because by the time you see that 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 rusty yellow stuff 
uh, sort of like the spores of a of a fungus. It's called rust. You rub it off, and it's you know you get it on your fingers. It's called rust. And when pine rust typically hits young pine trees on the stem, and as it grows older, the tree will grow stuff around that wound, but it always have kind of a swollen, flattened, like it was made out of clay and just sort of mashed it in a little bit. It'll always have a weak point there. And there's by the time you see it, it's too late to do anything about it. So uh, your option, if you have a lot of pine trees, you might want to consider just taking those out because they're always going to have that weak point right there, usually knee-high, waist-high, somewhere in there. And um, yeah. there's nothing you can do to keep it from spreading because it's all it's all over everywhere. Only affects young trees. Usually doesn't kill them, but, you know, 15, 20 years from now, it's going to have a weak point. It could, if it's going to, if the tree is going to blow over, it'll blow over at that point. But that doesn't mean it can't live without it. So, mm. you know, so you can ignore it. Or if you've got plenty of pine trees, you might want to just take those out because they're not going to get any better. Okay. And there's not any treatment great. for it. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. If you want to Google it, pine rust. And that's called. I will do that. actually, 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 it's got a better name. I just remembered Fusiform gall rust. <laughs> oh, what a word! Fusiform, because okay. it is it's a fusiform rust, but it makes that little knot or gall. Okay, <laughs> that made okay, my hey, Kathy. It made my hands sweaty. I love stupid <laughs> stuff like this. I mean, the names <laughs> and stuff. Thank you. <laughs> listen, thank you so much. I, I do appreciate your I, program. I, I listen to you every week. I'm glad we can laugh about it because that's about all we can do. <laughs> that's true. Thank you. you. You bet. Heck yeah. Let me take a real quick break, folks, and come back. I've got some announcements, some things that are that are coming up, including this weekend, some plant sales. There's one in, in uh, Lee County at the uh, the extension office there in in Tupelo. The uh, they're having a huge one at the. Uh, uh, Botanical Garden in Memphis. Memphis Botanic Garden has a huge plant sale with seminars and stuff. So that's two right off the bat. Memphis Botanical Garden and the Extension Office there in Tupelo. Two big, big plant swaps this weekend. Got a few more things to talk about. And I hope to see some of y'all at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Downtown, at the far end, across from the library, downtown Clarksdale. Me and my pickup truck are going to be whooping it up. We're going to take a quick break here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Java and Kevin Fer- We're going to go whoop it up and then come back right after this. Hi, this is Bill Ellison, host of Grassroots on MPB. American music is like America, a beautiful blend. It might surprise you how many artists who are regulars on Grassroots are members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, there's Bob Wills, Leonard Cohen, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, Bill Monroe, Bob Dylan, Pete Seeger, Chet Atkins, Joan Baez, Jimmy Rogers, The Grateful Dead, Woody Guthrie, Eric Clapton. My 30 seconds are up, so tune in Saturday night at 8 on MPB Think Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back. Got some more announcements. Got a couple of uh, really interesting things to share with y'all, but we're here to yak about gardening. So, okay, I can't see which one of these. Oh, Alice from Memphis. Hey, Alice, good morning. Oh, Allie, Allie from Memphis. Howdy. Hey, hey, how you doing? Bifocals and sunglasses in the same th- frames. I can barely see. What's up? Hey, so this is my first year starting a garden. Um, I've got some seeds and some uh, baby starter plants, and I'm just curious, what's the best way to protect uh, plants, uh, fruits and vegetables from animals and insects, preferably something that's going to be a little 
on the inexpensive side. Yeah, uh, a couple of things, Allie. And f- first of all, uh, congratulations on getting started. But let me be. Let me tell you ahead of time. This first year is going to be interesting. <laughs> But it may not be as great as you want it to be because the first year is always a little rough until the dirt gets what we call kind of creamy or mellow. First year, the dirt is a little chunky and raw, and it takes a little while for it to settle down. So every time you plant after this first one will get better, and it'll get better quickly. So just don't be frustrated too much this first summer if things don't grow great, okay? okay. And Are you using mulch on top of the ground like bark or anything like that? No, I haven't. Um, I've been using garden soil and fertilizer. Okay. Use some mulch. after When you plant stuff, your tomatoes, peppers, all those kind of things, just get you some real cheap chipped bark mulch and spread it around okay. the top. What that does, Allie, is it protects the roots from staying from being... From the high high and low temperatures, it sort of it blankets. It's like putting a putting a, a a hat on to keep the sun from beating on your head. It also keeps <laughs> the ground cool in the summertime and moist, and it helps keep a lot of weeds from sprouting. But the most important thing is next time, whatever you plant this spring, next time you plant it, uh, you know you pull the old stuff up. Just simply dig that mulch into the dirt and plant something else, and then put some more mulch on, and that will get it make your soil get better and better and better. So a little mulch. Bark is, is what I use, and then turn it under next time and add more mulch, and you'll be well on your way to having some really, really good dirt. But now, to answer your question, um, if you've got critters like you know, possums and Norway roost rats and raccoons and squirrels and stuff, not much we can do about that. That's the way everybody has to deal with deer. Rabbits need a little fence. That's what country gardens have always had—a little fence around the yard, cheap fence. Sure, you know it could be just some sticks in the ground with some chicken wire spread around it. But uh, that's the way to keep the bigger, bigger, bigger critters out. As far as the insects, what they do in—I in, I garden in England a pretty good bit. Everybody in England, everybody in England, and practically nobody in the here in the deep south uses uh, insect netting. It's real lightweight netting, bird netting. You just drape it over your plants, and it keeps most of the uh-huh. bugs and stuff like that, and birds and stuff, off your plants. And, uh, okay. The, but the, when it comes to insects, you're going to run into some weird stuff. Uh, some of it's going to be good stuff that l- looks weird. So it's going to be some stuff that eats your plants. And there's not any one approach to that. So let me suggest this. Uh, write down my email anytime you get a question. The people there at the Botanic Garden Extension uh, Service, Master Gardeners in Memphis, are among the best in the country. So you got plenty of friends there to help you. But anytime yeah, you get stuff, yeah, shoot me. In the- They're having a big plant sale this weekend, by the way, at the uh, Botanic Garden. That'd be a good place to go meet some folks and see some cool stuff, including some culinary herbs you might not think about putting in your, your garden this first year. You know, basil and rosemary and oregano and stuff like that. So that'd be a good thing. First thing for a good gardener is to meet other good gardeners. And then shoot me an email anytime. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. It's like eating an elephant, Allie. Take it a (laughs) bite at a time and hope you start at the right end. Well, that sounds challenging, but I'm no, up no. for a challenge. Just, just relax. Just relax. It's like, <laughs> it's like home cooking. Start with macaroni and cheese. Let's build up from there. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, you bet. All right, let me see. Next would be, um, is it be for Ann or Frank? Ann from Selmer, Tennessee. Hey, Ann, what's going on? Well, uh, when you drive up to my house, the first thing you see is a circular uh, area 
where uh, daffodils have bloomed. Yeah. And it always looks so awful when the stems are dying down. And yeah. I've always heard you're supposed to let them die down. That's true. To ensure the crop. They, they make their hurt? yeah. They make their flower for next year after they finish blooming. Up until okay. they die down. So the five or six weeks after they bloom, when the leaves start to fall over, turn yellow, then they've made their flower bud. If you cut it before then, it's just going to cut down next year's flowers. That's all. Okay. Does, would it hurt if you just bent it down and yes. covered it with mulch? Yes. Yes, it will. Uh, if you, some people would, uh, in, would, would tie them into a knot. But what that does, it interferes with the flow of food from the leaves down to the roots. So uh, what I would suggest would be you don't have anything else. The rest of the year is just blank, right? No, it, there's uh, there's monkey grass there. Okay. Um, you know, there's re- this is just part of daffodils. It's just part of daffodils. What you could do is put you a bird bath or a statue or something like that. They'll give you something to look at besides just the monkey grass and the dinosaur. In other words, put put your focal point out there. And then if you want to do a, if if people are complaining about it, put a little sign that says daffodil flower bud ripening area. Oh, and then when okay. you look at that, it'll it'll give you something to look at besides the floppy foliage, and they'll explain it to the to the people who just don't get it. And they'll think I'm clever. Well, you will be clever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my other question was, how do you get rid of moss? Uh, moss and moss grows in three conditions: uh, shade, comp. They don't have to have these three, but they grow best in these: shade, compacted, acidic soil. So the moss is telling me that you've got compacted acidic soil and probably some shade. In that case, moss is your best plant. It really is because <clears throat> can't grow grass there, too acidic, too shady, too compacted. Uh, but you can grow some other plants in there. If you could just kind of break up the surface a little bit, um, okay. maybe sprinkle a little bit of agricultural lime over it. Agricultural lime is a natural material that neutralizes soil acids. So if you could just scatter just a light dusting of lime, uh, five pounds will do a uh, hundred square feet. You know okay. that's that's not much, and. Uh, and then sort of lightly work it in, you know, break up the surface, then that'll get rid of the compactness and some of the acidity, and that'll help. Okay. All right. But, yeah, but, but I, will, I will give that a try. I, I got to point out, a lot of people have beautiful moss gardens, and they, they, they don't do it just because they don't have any choice. They do it because it's sort of almost like a, a cool thing to do. Put you a nice rock out there, a little dwarf dandina, a clump of monkey grass, and call it a moss garden. All right. If you All can. right. Good luck on it. Okay, thank you so much. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. This morning, I'm all into a go-with-the-flow thing. I don't know why. I don't mind fixing it. you got a problem, we can fix it. But uh, my my basic approach in this order of importance, if you can't fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow with it. Let's slide up to Grenada County. Good morning, Frank. How are you this morning? I'm well, Felder. I hope you are as, as well. So far, so getting plenty of rain, I can tell you that, which keeps us from being West Texas. It's not a hundred but a hundred percent here tonight, I think. Yeah, I think I, so. I got a uh, question about woodland flocks that we want to uh, liberate from Meemaw's yard. Meemaw, I had a I had a mammal, bitch, a mammal, and Meemaw knew each other. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, anyway, it's in full bloom now, and I just want to liberate it and uh, propagate it. How do when and how is the best way to do that? 
Well, woodland phlox one of my favorites. It's uh, it's what we call it's what we call a spring ephemeral. There's some plants that come up in the late winter. You know, when there's still a little bit of light on the forest floor before the trees leaf out, they bloom and then they just sort of kind of disappear for the rest of the year. Um, it, when it's in bloom is the worst time to mess with the plant because all of the energy is going up in the flowers and hopefully making seeds and stuff. So if you can just mark it where it is and just leave it alone for a little while. You'll have better success. But to answer your question, if you want to dig it up now, cut it back. You know, you know, let me ma enjoy the flowers. It's still around, but but cut it back to where it's just some short stems. It'll sprout back out, so cutting it won't hurt it. But it'll take the stress off the plant because when you dig it up, you're leaving most of the important feeder roots behind. So dig it up, cut it back, and then if you want to separate them into individual plants, like you would a clump of monkey grass or something, you could do that. If if there's enough there to separate and divide. Okay, but uh, if you can leave, leave it on, you know, enjoy the flowers if you can, but be sure to cut it back before you dig it. After after it blooms or gets done blooming, can it be uh, the stems be cut and then propagated like that, either in water or? or you know, or, most most flocks will root. Uh, I don't know about this particular one. You know, it's a nice little clump forming thing, and and you know, it, it, my my. My educated guess, because the tall summer flocks and that creeping flocks they call moss, they root quite well, so it makes sense that this would root, too. I just don't know. Okay. Well, but, we'll give that a try. Okay. If you shoot me an email, I'll do a little quick research and get back with you. But uh, me- meanwhile, you know, if, is Meemaw still with us? Uh, Meemaw is not still with us. Okay. No. Well, it's a All good right. it's a good thing. Share summer plants. And when you replant it, you know this old-fashioned iris? She probably has some of this iris stuck around her yard. Right. Put some of that out there because that will give you something to look at when the moss doesn't, when the uh, the flocks doesn't look all that great. The, the two work right. together well. We'll give that a try. Thanks so much for your help. You bet, Frank. Thanks for calling. Okay, uh, we have to, uh, we got some cheesy music, but let's let's take in this one more call before then. Uh, Hugh is calling from Ocean Springs. We've gone from Memphis straight down the Gulf Coast. What's up, Hugh? Yes. Good morning. Um, yes. Sir. Is there something? Is there something I can put on dollar weeds to at least slow them down? If not, no, not really. Here's a problem with dollar weed. It's got a real slick leaf surface, and weed killers beat up and roll off. And if you got other plants nearby, you have to up your spray until it'll kill the other plants around your your lawn, your flowers, or whatever. Uh, there are some 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 uh, kind of high dollar uh, herbicides that'll kill that without hurting other plants, but I can't remember the names because nobody ever uses it because it's too expensive. But oh. uh, what I would suggest, and dollar weed is what we call it's a it's a um, what would what would the word be? It's not. It's invasive. It's a uh, complementary plant, not a competitive plant. It grows with other stuff without really taking away. So what I would do is I would just, you know, hit them with the weed eater or pull them. You know, it just every now and then and live with what it comes up with because the weed killer thing is really hard on slick leaf plants because they just beat up and roll off. There's big swatches like half of the yard. Yeah, you know, probably like ten by twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. a couple of different granule type things. No, no, you know, I'm I'm real familiar with uh, there. I can't remember the name of this one product that is pretty good on it. That that's safe for your grass. I just can't remember the name of it off the top of my head because it's just one of those things. But I have it yeah. at my fingertips at the house. But um, Can I you send know, you an email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do shoot me an email. We'll take it for there. But in the in the big picture, you're always going to have a little bit of it. It grows better here than than grass does. And as long yeah. as you raise your mower up and mow on the high side, the two will get along beautifully. I mean, they really will. 
I'm not trying to say give up, but I'm just saying that works too. You know, call it a companion plant. <laughs> just mow. That's what most people have done. But anyway, and she, I'll feel better. <laughs> well, you know, it's just you know, it's one of those. It's sort of a Zen thing, you know. It's like you got a mole on your, on your on your. You know, Miss Kitty had a mole on her face in Dodge City. She just learned to live with it, and they ended up calling it a beauty mark. <laughs> Shoot me an email, you. Okay, it's it's really it's, gar, right. it's gar, garden at mpbonline dot org. <laughs> garden at mpbonline dot org. That's right. All right. Okay, good luck. I'll be glad to help you as best I can. Okay, folks, we do have some things going. I mentioned the uh, the plant sale in Tupelo. It's going to be at the uh, Extension Service Office on Cliff Gookin Boulevard. Uh, they're having a wonderful uh, plant sale uh, up at the Memphis Botanical Garden uh, this weekend with plenty of things. I'm going to be giving a program outside Miss D's, the uh, the, the collective, uh, the cooperative uh, uh, seed place there across the library today at 2 o'clock. Uh, next week, we got some really fun stuff coming up. we got plenty of time to talk about that a little bit. I want to take a real quick break and come back. Uh, i got some cheesy music. It's a patriotic thing. You may or may not like it. If you like it, good on you. If you don't like it, this is a state song. Be all patriotic and just don't say nothing. But it's going to put an earworm. You're not going to be able to get rid of it. This is our official Mississippi state song. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB right after this. States may sing their songs of praise With waving flags and hip hoorays Let cymbals crash and let bells ring Cause here's one song I'm proud to sing Go Mississippi, keep rolling along Mississippi, you cannot be wrong. Go, Mississippi, we're singing your song. M-I-S, S-I-S, S-I-P-P-I. Keep rolling along Go Mississippi You cannot be wrong Go Mississippi We're singing your song M-I-S S-I-S S-I-P-P-I M-I-S Okay, doke folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Yep, yep, yep. That's our official state song with the uh, slide whistles and kazoo's and everything. I got a little history behind it and. I don't want to get too much in that, but I want to throw out this one thing. There's uh, uh, something I've been asking about, several of my my hardcore gardener friends, uh, and I throw it out when I'm at meetings and all. But, you know, there's a lot of people, like this fellow who called earlier about his Meemaw, Meemaw and Mamaw and Aunt Mamie and Auntie and all these folks 
who, like me, grow a lot of stuff, a lot of different kind of flowers that we know where they came from. They share, we share them with each other, get them from each other, go to plant swaps. Uh, we have lots of different stuff, the food and flowers and vegetables and, and shrubs and things that have just come from all. And we just grow a lot of stuff. And we tend to look a little nutty to our neighbors, to be honest with you. But we're okay because it's just who we are. It's what we do. Uh, we're we're that, that, that lady who dances in the flower and dress all by herself at the edge of the party. And, and we're okay with it. But is there a term for it? We're not master gardeners. We're not garden clubbers, although some of us are. We're, that doesn't define us. There's people out there who don't belong to garden clubs, don't join mass gardeners. Don't, they're not joiners, but they're, they're really dedicated gardeners. And the only time you'll ever see them, unless you happen to ride by their yard, is if they happen to come to a meeting at the library or, or, a, or a plant swap, something where they don't have to join where they can get with other gardeners and swap plants and talk about stuff. Is there a word, a term for those kind of, and they're scattered all over the earth, or just one here and one there, usually two or three in the neighborhood. And a friend of mine named Bill Timms, uh, Bill is from, uh, he's from, from down in Jones County, he's from Laurel. I've known Tim, uh, 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 Bill Timms a long time. He said, diggers. I said, what? He said, digger. Think of that D-I-G, determined independent gardeners, determined, determined independent gardeners, and call them digger, D-I-G, apostrophe, little r. I'm a digger, and I'm okay. Now, I don't, not a master gardener, not a garden club. I'm a digger. And I'm thinking, that is so cool, a digger. So if you're a digger and you listen to MPB, you know that this is our chance to get together without having to really join anything. Uh, we are having a, a, a big event next week. We hope you can support this. Uh, we're having a drive time next week, and I've got a special little thing for people who call in during the Gestalt Gardener next week uh, and during our drive time, a special little thing for the diggers uh, who call in and help support MPB. That'll be next week, but whether you do it or not, if you're a digger, that's cool. That's cool. I appreciate it. Now, let's go to uh, down to Hattiesburg. Oops. Where did I go? My bifocus kicked in. <laughs> Bob from Madison. Hey, Bob. Hey, thank you for holding. You've been holding a long time. What's up, man? That's all right. It's worth it. Thanks. Thank Robert. you. You bet. I live out in the county of uh, Madison, and on my property, I've got a small putting green. It's made out of the same kind of stuff that the high school football fields are made out out of only it's a finer kind of a blade grass. Yeah. And instead of having that nasty ground-up uh, road tires, it's got sand in it. Yeah. And so it actually plays like a nice putting green. Yeah. The problem is I've got moss growing on it. And unlike developing a moss garden, yeah. I don't want this on there. How do I yeah. get rid of it? Yeah. You got play, this is the sunshine, right? I'm assuming it's sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you've got one of the, the hybrid Bermudas, a really tight little short hybrid Bermuda stuff. Well, there's a real Bermuda that's in front of it, but this is all artificial green. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's art. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's made out of it's made out of plastic, like the high school football field. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, mm-hmm. But it's but it's got sand in it. Yeah. Instead of the rubber tires. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Moss is now in it, and every time it rains, the moss just takes off. I can yeah. scrape it off. But the minute it rains, I get trouble again. Yeah, this is a good question. By the way, on my blog, I, I, my blog doesn't have any real gardening information and know how to, and it's, it's time to plant and all that. It's got stuff like, 
you know, how about pruning crepe myrtles being okay, but I got a whole thing on it about artificial turf that I really go in a lot of detail about. And most people are just shocked that you get artificial turf that you have to touch because it even has brown stuff woven into it that look like thatch. Uh, but anyway, back to your question. I don't know. This is the tough thing because what will kill moss may damage um, artificial turf because of petroleum product. I don't know. It's a great question. I've never heard it before. So, but but I want to. As a matter of fact, I want to learn for myself and put it on my blog. If you come up with weeds, whether there's moss, whatever, what can you spray that won't damage the 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 synthetic turf? It's a good question. I, I don't know. I can use I can use Roundup on it. Yeah, if it, but, to get rid of any but, kind of weeds. But Roundup doesn't work on moss. It's not know, a it's but, not a vascular plant. There is a certain kind of a solution that goes down for moss, and it seems to almost keep it in check, but it never eradicates it. And, again, once it rains, the stuff just grows right back. Well, part, part of this is because moss grows from, from uh, little, little spore-type things, and it's always uh-huh. going to come back, basically their version of seed. So you always have this problem. So we need to um, – this is a really good question, Bob, and I don't know, but I, I, want, I will find out. Even if I never hear from him again, I'm going to find out. I'll I'm, keep following you on the blog. Well, shoot me an email because this is this this will keep my my toes in the fire. It's a good question. Thank you, sir. You bet. Good luck. Who moss in artificial turf? What can you spray that won't discolor the artificial? And by the way, folks, artificial turf is not that old plastic astroturf stuff they used to have. It is so realistic. Five or six different styles and different kinds of artificial grass. I have to touch it sometimes to see if it's real. And they use it in many botanic gardens. They use it in gardens all over England because it looks so good. The new stuff, it looks so real. If you want a little bit more information about it, go to Felder Rushing blog and scroll down about the synthetic grass, artificial grass, fake grass. It, I, I've got a lot of pictures that will really surprise you. If you've got a, a high traffic area, difficult to keep mowed or a lot of traffic, uh, this might be a solution. Anyway, let's go now to Tim in Hattiesburg. Hey, Tim, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey. How are you? Fine, fine. What's going on? You got something wrong with your grass or what? Oh, it's just uh, a little a little thin. Um, I, I moved into this, this home a couple, couple years ago. It's uh-huh. about an acre lot. Yeah. Um, and it was built in, built in 98. And I, I tell you that just so you kind of have an idea of how, you know, right. old, old the soil is. Right. Um, it's got centipede grass in it, and I'm starting to be concerned or, or starting to care about what my lawn looks like a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I just want to know what sort of is. I, I've done a little research, and I've heard stuff about fat, you know, dethatching yeah. and aerating and seeding and, and right. fertilizing and. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not so, if you do it one thing at a time. It's you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, cooking is a lot of work. If you, you know, unless yeah. you, you know, just take your time with it. A uh, couple right. of things. First of all, keep in mind that I studied turf management in Mississippi State mm-hmm. forty years ago, and I've been right. working with it with golf courses, with home gardeners, with really bad lawns and people don't care to people who yeah. want to have a wildflower meadow, to people who want to have a putting green type. So. I look at it strictly from the grass's point of view, okay? And that's that's right. important if you understand. Grass doesn't care. It's the cat 
of the garden world. It doesn't care what you know what you think. It needs certain things, and if you give it those certain things, it will respond. And if you don't, it'll shut down. And when it shuts down, other plants are going to come in and fill the space. The weeds. Uh, yeah, so, I got you. In a nutshell, here's what centipede needs. You got plenty of sunshine, right? I do. Okay, because under the trees, it's going to peter out. That's normal. And people beat be their ears. So when it starts peter out under the trees, make a little line saying, here's where the grass stops. Here's where the tree and the mulch and leaves start. And that'll help. What In order of importance, here's what centipede needs. It needs to be, first and foremost, mowed on the high side. Always. Doing that. Okay. Second of yeah. all, it needs a good soaking at least once a month, never more than once a week. Hmm. So every two or three weeks or once, if you go a month without rain, and and here's why. Grass isn't out there like a shrub. It's constantly growing and dying and growing and replacing itself, and it has about a month-long turnover. So if it goes a month without rain, when it's time for that next month to start growing, it's gasping. See, so you're not watering to keep it green. You're watering to help it replace itself. I see. See, so if you can give it a good soaking every three or four weeks that we go without any rain, if you can't do this, you know, mowing high will still help. The third thing is use this stuff called centipede food. It's a little expensive, but make the bag go further than it says it'll go because they recommend the maximum they can get away with. Right on. So get this good stuff. It's centipede food. First and third number will be the same, zero middle number, but it's long-lasting, slow-acting, gentle, uh, and the grass will recycle it in its clippings. So you don't have to fertilize every year. Every two oh, or three yeah. years, put some of this stuff out sometime in April or May, no earlier, about half strength, and that will put pretty much everything your grass needs out there. So I love it. Mohai. That sounds like a little bit of centipede yeah. food every couple of three or four years. Um, if you want to every year, you can. It doesn't hurt it to be fertilized, but no more than once a year. And then if you can water it, eh, you might not be able to. Yeah. That helps it replace itself during difficult times. And that's pretty much it. That sounds like the Gestalt way, and that's what I'm looking for. No, no, no. For. No, this is, this, is, this is what they teach in turf management. I wrote the foreword <laughs> to the best-selling lawn care manual in the South. And I don't even okay. have any grass. I don't care. I look yeah, at I it. No, you don't. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I that's love. Partially why I'm asking your opinion. Well, that's just. I'm, I'm, I love grass, yeah. but I don't have time to do what it takes, and I'm gone every summer. So yeah, you know, I'm I not know. gonna. So I, I just say no. But that frees me up to tell the truth about it because I don't sell stuff. Exactly. Hey, another super quick question. I was just curious about your cheesy music. Uh, was that you playing the tuba bass line on that song? <laughs> it could have been. It might have been me doing the kazoo or the slide whistle. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hey, if I you had some, don't, don't, forget that dethatching stuff. That's people who don't have the comments to say, just relax. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, that's great news. <laughs> Good Thank luck. you so much for that information. You bet, Tim. Hey, there's a place down on Hardy Street, almost down to downtown, a little triangular place. They got the Right now they've got oh, those yeah. Royal Reds. I know it well. Good. See you, man. Thanks, Felder. All righty. Uh, let me th- let me throw out real quick, folks. Uh, again, this idea of digger, D-I-G-ers, determined independent gardeners. Bill Timms uh, came up with that. He's a wonderful man, but I love it. I love it. Uh, who we who we got next here? We got oh, uh, Gene, Mobile, Alabama. Hey, Gene. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? What's up? I'm- I'm doing fine, thank you. I need some information on uh, fertilizer, please, sir. Okay. I'm looking for some kind of a 
all around type fertilizers you might be able to use. Like I always kept eight eight eight, just throwing on stuff here down yonder. Yeah. Is there anything like that that you could use on? Oh, oh you know, like on these value plants on a bush, you know, where you yeah, just throw, uh, throw a handful here down yonder. Yeah, it, it, you know, those, those all-purpose fertilizers they work fine. They work fine. It doesn't take much. You know, a pint jar is a pound. And that'll cover like a hundred square, ten foot by ten foot. It ain't much, does so? Don't feel like you gotta think salt on your eggs. You don't put salt till it piles up. Right. But uh, the all-purpose stuff does well. You don't really need that every year, though, because it's got you know all those main ingredients. But the first one is nitrogen. It's the only one that doesn't last. See, so right. if you put something like triple eight or triple thirteen out there every two or three years, then all you need to do on the in-between year add a little extra nitrogen, and you could throw out. Uh, some cottonseed meal or something like that. So, you know, any of those all-purpose uh, things will work. I wouldn't use them more than once a year, and I would never use them heavy. All right, one other, one other question real quick. What's your, what's your opinion on blood meal and the cottonseed meal? Uh, I love them. Uh, they're mostly nitrogen. They're natural nitrogen. They're slow-acting, which means they are long-lasting. And not only do they provide the nitrogen for your plants, but they also help feed the worms and stuff. Cottonseed meal is better than the blood meal because it's got protein in it that feeds your earthworms, and they dig your dirt for you. So I would didn't just, know come along. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no. Well, you got armadillos anyway. Come on, Gene. <laughs> but anyway, if you use one of those all-purpose fertilizers every two or three or four years, three or four years, and a little cottonseed meal on the in-between years, cannot go wrong. We're going to do it. Good luck on it, man. You too, man. Bye. Okie dokie, folks. Whew. We're on a roll today. Let's let's go uh, slide down to central Mississippi to Gluckstadt, Mississippi. Hey, Jane, how are you? Howdy! I sure enjoy that 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 German the uh, German fest every year. That's where I, I know it's fun. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for one? Sure. All right. Thanks. Right now, I'm on my way to a garden center which starts with an H in South Jackson. Yeah, so good with hot toes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to buy the turf that a uh, tough turf and uh, and little square in the squares. Yeah. I want to play sod. Yeah. My dirt is great. I've really taken good care. It's airy and fluffy, but is there anything that I need to put on the dirt before I lay the sod today? Nope. Nope. Just nope. go for it. Uh, now, how far apart? You're going to cut the sod up into squares, right? Right. I'm going to buy it in the squares, and I've got 100 square feet, so they're going to tell me how many squares I need. Oh, uh, gonna... So you so you could put it solid then? Right, exactly. Okay. Uh, are they square or are they rectangle? Do you know? Uh, they're probably rectangles. Okay, if they are, uh, alternate them like you do bricks in a walk, so that so the seams don't line up. Great idea. Yeah, okay. and, and that helps a lot. Put them close together, and then yeah. when you when you're done with it, uh, walk on it. Okay. And it's kind of squishy out there, but what we want to do is you want the bottom of that that when they cut this stuff, it has very little uh, dirt on the bottom. You want that to be mashed out to where there's no air pockets. You want to get it in contact with your dirt. Uh, and then, and then three things. This is a lot of people don't understand that I, I'm a turf guy. I love turf. I just don't have any because I'm that kind of guy. Uh, I, I, I also whatever. Wait until it's been down for two or three or four weeks before you fertilize it, and use the stuff called centipede food. Okay. If you okay. if that's all your grass needs in a hundred square feet. Um, that's not very much. Not very it's much. Not. Uh, so, so see if they have something that uh, I tell you what. Rather than that, while you're there, get your little bag of cottonseed meal. You got worms in your dirt? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. A little con- get a bag of cottonseed meal, 100 okay. square feet. You need about two pounds. Okay. And throw it on the ground first. Just dust it on the ground. Put your sod on top of the... Before I put the sod down? Yeah, just scatter it. Well, you can put it on top. It doesn't really matter because it it will give your grass the nitrogen it needs to grow nice and green, but it'll also bulk up your earthworms, and they'll dig the dirt beneath it and and knit it all together really well. Okay, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Two other things. Set your your mower at, at the highest setting right at first. It likes to be mowed medium to high, but right at first, we want the more leaf blades you've got, the quicker it's going to grow roots into the ground. Okay, that's important. And then second of all, give it a good soaking once a week, and that's it. I will do it. Yeah, we will put the water down in your dirt beneath it and let those new roots grow down deep. Within a month, you're not going to be able to pull that stuff up. It's going to be so well rooted. I'm so excited. Hey, one more thing. I have a little tiny patch of grass in my little courtyard area. Mm-hmm. It's small, little circle. Can I put just Osmocote on that? Uh, Osmocote is uh, really good for potted plants, but it lasts too long. It lasts too long. It's expensive. Throw some cottonseed meal out there. Cottonseed meal is a good, natural, slow-acting type of fertilizer, and it does fine. I'm going to do it on both then. Oh, okay. Thanks. So much. Okay. Okay. Hey, you know you're gonna get wet today. You know that, don't you? I don't care. Okay. Don't care. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate your call. All right. Bye. Ooh. You know when I get off the radio, I'm gonna get in my truck and amble up. I got four hours to get to Clarksdale. It takes about two and a half, three hours. But when I get there, I'm gonna pull my truck up to Miss D's. The uh, what you know, the, the what they call the collective seed supply, right across from the library, and uh, let let down my tailgate. I'm gonna start gardening. And I'm going to start re- replacing, pulling up some of my oregano and sticking in some summer stuff, a little basil, some peppers, things like that. But uh, while I'm doing that, I'm going to chat with folks. And at one point, I'm going to stand up on the back and hold forth about parts of a shovel and things you could be doing, that kind of stuff. Hope to see you there. It's free. Let's go to uh, Cordova, Tennessee. Hey, Cindy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. What can I help you with? Well, I made the mistake a few years ago of planting a little um, uh, thing of spiderwort in oh. my yard. Well, it's one of my favorite wildflowers, but you're stuck with it. <laughs> I know. And and I have been, I've done two rounds of Roundup three weeks apart, yeah. and it's not, it's not doing anything to it. I told some folks at a meeting the other night that Roundup just burns it down. Roundup will work, but it works best on plants that are, that are when plants are blooming, that's when any weed killer has the hardest time working because they're sending energy up, and you want something yeah. that's going to carry stuff down. Um, here's a, you got a lot of spiderwort. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it, and I cut what had already come up. Okay. I cut it, you know, it, it down so I didn't have all that growth. Yeah. Okay. We're we're at the end of the hour, but I love spiderwort. I've got it all in my yard, but I have to get rid of a lot of it because it's too much. And what I do is not any fun. The first time you do it is not fun, but it gets easier. Just take your little shovel where the ground is warm and dig it up. Slap the the roots on the ground to throw some of that dirt back in the hole. And if you can get rid of a lot of it, then before it gets established, come back and get the little stuff you miss. In other words, two or three diggings or pullings, each one gets a lot easier. And okay. that's, it's not any fun, but that's what works. It's what works, Cindy. And uh, anyway, if you need some more uh, information because we're out of time, shoot me an email. Folks, 
Horticulture's Field of Ruskinger, me and Java Chapman, Kevin Farrell in there being the phone greeter. Um, next week's going to be drive time. I've got some, <laughs> I got some cheesy music, really, really cheesy music. Uh, but it's an important event for us here in MPB. And I've got a special gift that you can only get if you call during this program next week. It's going to be special for you determined, dedicated, independent gardeners, weed diggers who don't belong to nothing. But uh, MPB provides a place for us to get together without having to be close to anybody else. A horticulture fell to rush you. I'm going to go out right now and get in my truck and go up to Clarksdale. And when I get home, I'm going to do what I do best when I get home, and that's get dirty. Won't you join me?